here. So we're good there. Uh, I haven't hit live yet. We'll wait a couple more minutes and then we'll just make sure all that's working. And then we'll, as soon as the stream goes, we'll start. I always see people that are like trying to navigate it and like they'll, they'll pull it up and be like kind of sitting there doing stuff for a while. You're like, hey, you're on the internet. It's there. It still says preparing on the recording. I do want to make sure. It says recording on my end. Okay. So, oh, live is preparing, recording is working. All right. Yeah. So, we're good there. Great. Again, worst case scenario, we just hit the close button real fast. And <laughs> it's just like, no, let's just, no, none of that happened. <laughs> That's exactly right. Delete it. It's gone. <laughs> it's just like, okay. We're all set. So, We've all had those moments where we're in front of a live crowd of people and we wish we could <laughs> fall into some sort of hole. <laughs> that is so true. It is. It, especially preaching. Every once in a while you're like, and, and usually it's nothing, but sometimes you'll say something you're like, mm, and it just derails the rest of it. You're just like, oh man, I'm not sure I wanted to have said that. And I'm not sure how that's playing in the room right now. And then there's just, there's no way of going back. There's no way of going back. It that's is. Like, that's kind of the beauty of like doing online. I mean, I still really don't like it, but it's like, yeah. you know, at least you can kind of like make the mistakes and then be done with it. it. That is a true statement. Although when you make like 10, you're just like, oh my gosh, I should not. Nobody should trust me to speak ever and I have the same mug. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, I went for the whatever fourth cup of coffee today. So, oh, that's coffee. It is. Yeah, I'm just willing to live with the consequences if it doesn't go well. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's been um, interesting since like you know the pandemic and all that. Just like just making coffee at home and I've gotten pretty good at it I can't I can't sleep at night if I drink coffee too late yes that is I think that's a normal human reaction to caffeine I think it says much more about my uh, intake level than it than I'm care to to admit all right you ready for it yes all right uh, I'll hit this button I don't know what's gonna happen so We'll see from there. All right, setting up your meeting for Facebook Live. So cool. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our uh, first live uh, seminar where we're discussing the Bible and discussing what it means to, to live a life with the Bible. And, you know, one of the things that so often happens is we, we objectify the Bible. We make it into a, a thing. And our hope tonight is to uh, subjectify it a little bit and to make it into a, a living conversant partner. And so I'm joined by Ashley Malacker who is a uh, second year at Princeton Seminary, a uh, brilliant part of our team here, and so grateful to, to join with her in this conversation as we talk about our own lives with the Bible. And then our hope is just to offer you a very simple foothold, uh, a way for you, a way that's been practiced by the church historically, but just a way for you to approach the Bible. Because there's a couple of things about the Bible that are, you know, for us, a little complex. It's a historical document. It was written in other languages. There's a lot going on. There are some things that are helpful to know outside of the Bible itself. But for us tonight, what we want to do is just focus in on how we can approach it and make it a part of our lives, make it a living, breathing conversation partner. So Ashley, hello. How are you? I am good. I am good. good. This I'm so glad. Evening. And you, 
it, it's a del, it's a delightful evening. It's been so much nicer here in New Jersey. We're grateful for that. Um, Ashley, I'm going to turn it over to you in just a moment. But for just for those friends listening tonight, I, I just want to offer a, a brief image uh, for your life with the Bible. I know for so many of us, we've had the experience where we've tried to to read the Bible, tried to explore it, and found it to be difficult. Um, gotten to a point in the scriptures where either something really terrible is being said or something really confusing, or it's just super boring. And you're like, what do I even begin to do with this? And so I want to just offer you a framework tonight that I think will begin again. We're, we're talking about footholds tonight, but I want to invite you to see for those of you who play music, and it's many of us have played many different instruments. You know, we know the early struggles of learning how to play a musical instrument. Maybe some of you have kids in your house that are learning how to play an instrument for the band at school. And you know, like you're just, you're just tolerating noise. You're just tolerating all kinds of stuff. But slowly and surely, those, those attempts at uh, making sound and making something coherent come out of a musical instrument begin to be formed into something that sounds pleasing to listen to. And our life with the Bible is not all that different. You know, there's, there's a real disservice we do to ourselves when we think, oh, this is easy. I should just be able to pick it up and it should be obvious to me. What we find again and again is it's not obvious. And, you know, like even Jesus throughout his life embodied the mystery and the difficulty. He said, I speak to them in peril, parables so they will not understand. Jesus was intentionally confusing at some levels. And so for us, the first thing I think we can begin to grasp is life with the Bible will be a work. It will be something that we are putting our life into. It will be something that we're we're not great at at first but the second thing is when you learn how to play music you're learning the basics you're learning the scales you're learning chords you're learning how to structure these things so that you could play music with other people so that the music you play all fits together and the bible functions in this way as well you know, so much of of what we talk about when we talk about the scriptures is we talk about a record of a life with God and what God has done throughout history. And so there's this piece to the Bible where just knowing the stories is such an important element of our approach to it because it gives an overall coherence to the whole. And for many of us, especially I think in, I'll say my generation, Ashley, because you are, are, are younger than I am, but in my generation, I think there's been a shift in our culture where even the kind of old school Bible school, Sunday school, Bible memorization has been a, a smaller part of our formation earlier on in life. And then a lot of us are play, playing catch up throughout our lives. And so I think there's two things to this. First of all, just learning the stories is actually super helpful. And, and what you begin to do, just like in playing music, is as, as you learn the individual chords and the individual scales, music theory helps you actually make these into something coherent and understand how they go together. And the beautiful thing about music theory is for anybody who's sort of spent a lot of time with it, it doesn't make things simpler. It makes things infinitely more complex. There are different kinds of scales. There are Mixolydian and Dorian scales. And you're like, wow, my, my simple pentatonic world that I've been living in has now been expanded to this, this vast and multitudinous uh, vision. And so I, I think that that is so helpful to us just to know the scales and then begin a process towards putting them together. Now, tonight, what we're going to do is just offer basically one kind of chord progression one way of approaching the scriptures that is not so focused on the whole, but is about how do we begin to live a life with the scriptures that, that, that can be approached, that can be done in the amount of time that, that most of us have, but also awakens our daily lives to a life with God. What we find throughout the Bible is that Jesus is interested in our hearts, that he is wanting a life with us. That's why he came to this world taking on flesh and blood because he wants to walk with us. And so the Bible is a part of that formation. It's a part of that element in our lives. So how do we begin to walk with Jesus by living in rhythm 
and in, uh, in an approach to his word. And so tonight we just want to simply offer a foothold. And so I'm going to turn it over to Ashley and we're both just going to talk about our lives of the Bible and just kind of as a way of introduction, but also as a way of saying, this has been my experience, which often can be so helpful. So Ashley, you've, uh, you've now made it a profession to study the Bible, but before all that, what, what were some of your first experiences of the Bible, some of the formative experiences in growing up? Thank you. Um, so first of all, I'm really honestly so thankful that I can like share this, my story of reading the Bible because it's something so um, near and dear to my heart in many ways. Um, and I've never really gotten to do this. So I'm really thankful. Um, yeah. So I would say my story of reading the Bible has in some moments been this, truly this experience of words coming to life, um, kind of experiencing this truth that I feel in my very being, but also definitely an experience of just routine, just like doing it every day. Um, so I was born in a Christian house and I was always encouraged to read the Bible every day, which I did basically most of my life. Um, I would do the typical like reading the Bible plan in a year or at least try to. Um, so I read the Bible through many times. Um, but I started digging deeper into reading the Bible more than just a routine and um, more than just because my parents told me to do so kind of a thing. Um, when I started this Bible study group, um, it's called uh, Bible Study Fellowship. It's an international Bible study. It's like all over the world. Um, and I started this Bible study at like age 15. Um, and I did it for many years, actually, up until my, my college years. Um, and, I, and I did it because I wanted to do it. I chose to do it. And I think that it was here that I really, I fell in love with studying the Bible. Um, and the study was, it was very particular in many ways because it required like, we would have homework every week. Um, that we'd have to answer questions. And in our once a meeting groups, we would do like homiletic exercises. Um, and What's that word mean for, for the <laughs> uninitiated among us? I mean, honestly, like back in the day when I did it, I was like 15 and doing these homiletic exercises. I couldn't even tell you because it was like, just kind of like answering questions, like going verse by verse. It was very intricate. And I always mm -hmm. kind of wondered like, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, but I was just like, you know what, going along with it. Cause I really liked it. So, uh, I wish I could give you a better answer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in general, I, I couldn't really explain it to you, but I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and I think it was during these years that I realized the Bible is so much more than just reading it just for the sake of reading it. Um, it, it involves talking about it meditating on it. Um, or in this case, like you take a part of scripture. Um, and a lot of times it'd be like, we'd study a book of the Bible. So we'd study the book of John, but then each week was like a particular passage as we were working through the book of John, where we would just like examine it, like really in depth and just go like verse by verse and try to like read between the lines. Like what, what is it saying? Um, and then when we'd come together, like let's say on a Monday night, um, we'd have all of our answers and we would sit in a group, like in a circle and talk about it. Um, so then it's like, you have that community aspect that I started to kind of sense at that, at that time of my life. Um, and I think that's what I really started to love what the Bible can do is that it, it creates this community. Um, mm. But again, I'd be lying if I said that every single time I opened the Bible, it was like this just soaking into my very bones. Um, and I'm quoting an author when I say that, but like, it, it was not like that every single experience every mm -hmm. single time I open the Bible. Um, yes. I so uh, if I can stop you right there, mm -hmm. I think that's such an important point. I, th I think sometimes we put this pressure and you, you think about any relationship, right? Like sometimes there's this profound awareness of joy of something monumental happening. A lot of times you're just sitting there watching TV at some level, right? Or like you're just being alone in a room with a person. 
and, and I think sometimes we have this expectation on our relationship with God that it's going to like always be this kind of mountain experience, but, but often like God is, is, is cultivating a life with us. That's much more subtle. And you see this in the, in the life of Elijah, you know, as he's looking for God's voice, he's like, what the, the thunder, you know, the earthquake, the fire, it's not in any of that. And yet it's mm-hmm. in the sound of sheer silence. And so understanding that is, and then also too, I think what you're describing is so powerful because it's like, at some points you're just doing it because that's what you're supposed to be doing right now. And again, we, we recoil at this notion of religion, but, but religion can be helpful in forming us and in giving us a background, even if sometimes we're not feeling it. And I think that's so important when it comes to, to reading the scripture, sometimes it will be alive and jumping off the page. Other times yeah. we may be like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. Keep, uh, yeah. so, so you're, you're doing BSF. You're, you're learning a lot. Sometimes it's really awesome. Other times you're like, I, I did it because it, it was assigned. Yeah. And what, what, what else is going on during all this? Yeah. I mean, that's a great interjection because like, I think that kind of reading of like very, like you're almost experiencing it, which doesn't happen all the time. Um, is definitely possible. Like you can have that kind of reading, but I think like it takes time and it, it builds on this like um, gradual cumulative study, you know, like I can look back and be like, oh, I studied all these books since I was 15. But at the time I wasn't like, wow, this is just, I'm being transformed. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't thinking that while I was doing it. Um, but then, so you have that part of it and then you have experiencing it and then your action alongside of it um so i think from that point then i could transition to when i took this kind of passion that i had for studying the bible on a deeper level and so then i went to oral roberts university in tulsa yeah Oklahoma, <laughs> which is where you went that's um, right golden yeah. eagles yeah <laughs> yep so i to no surprise, I studied uh, biblical literature with a concentration in Old Testament. And because I was a little bit overly zealous, I also took a lot of New Testament classes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, I just had this idea that I, I wanted to study like the entire Bible. I was like, I just, I want it all. Like I want to study every book. Um, and yeah, I think I just, I really believe that there was, there's something really special about the Bible. Like I can't explain it, but there's just something special about it. And there is so much to discover in the Bible, um, Mm. in order to understand God in the deepest way possible. And, um, and not just like understanding God as like this, um, detached kind of, Oh, God's up there. Like, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Um, but like, how can I relate to God? How can I relate to Jesus and, and how does Jesus see me and, and my relationship that I can have with him? Um, and those mm-hmm. like are things that we just kind of like throw around all the time, but it's like, what, what does that actually mean? Um, and I think like during that time though, if I'm being honest, I started kind of like becoming more focused in like, what are the theologians saying? You know, what, what are the historians saying? And rather than just like reading the Bible for myself, so, and, and I also kind of was like that typical theology major. I was like, well, you know, I'm reading so much as anyways. It's like, this is like my devotion, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, don't, I don't need to read um, the Bible like more than I'm already reading it. Um, yeah, so I, like, I, I think I, I felt like I knew the Bible. I studied it. But then at this point, it wasn't like seeping into my bones. You know, I wasn't feeling uh, that much. Um, I wasn't having this experiential tasting and savoring of the word of God. Um, I had this fascination. I was like enamored by the text, um, but I didn't feel as much like the Bible was kind of like pouring back into me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of it felt more like, more like it was all of my effort of like digging and digging and like excavating the texts, you know, but it was just all of this effort that I was doing. Um, mm. So... I think at this point, you would think I had enough of it, but then I didn't because now I'm at Princeton Seminary. So I just, (laughs) I continued the studies. Um, And obviously there were some radical shifts 
um, from kind of studying at a very evangelical kind of way of interpreting the Bible to then um, being here at Princeton now for over a year and a half. And I, I've been exposed to biblical critiques and theologies that have just radically changed what I thought about the Bible and Christianity. And I mean, I could go into all the things that um, I've just been shocked, <laughs> shocked to learn in, in classrooms. Um, but I would say that after all this, uh, I've come to realize that um, without, again, without going into details, I've come to realize that my, my greatest gift and it, a skill, if you could call it that, is something that I already had like all these years, like before I even went to ORU, um, which is this ability that I have to, I can read the Bible um, and I can interpret the text. And, and I, I have that gift because of the Holy Spirit. Um, mm. And it's the most simple thing, but it's like, it actually took me this long to realize it, um, but yeah, like it's just, uh, I don't have to read 500 pages of Bart <laughs> to be able to understand what Paul is saying. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I just realized that what, what gave me the most life uh, when reading the Bible is reading it for myself. Um, and sometimes I go in with, with expectation and anticipation but sometimes it's just a routine. It's a discipline. And it's this mm. gradual of just letting it become a part of my being and my thoughts, like letting it just kind of infuse my everyday life. And it's something I think that happens. You don't even realize it's happening. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't open the Bible and I have this charismatic experience every single time I read it. Um, but I think that the more I study it and immerse myself in it, um, the more I think that it just, it, it amazes me. Um, and there's, it has been something that I think has anchored me throughout my entire life and in every season of my life. Um, I feel drawn to it and I honestly couldn't tell you why fully. I don't really know why. I just, I just know that it's something that I, I keep pursuing and that there's just something more there. So. Mm. That's so beautiful. And I, I love some of the things you're saying. So like acknowledging, and I concur, like just the sense of like a gifting, like a, a gift of the Holy Spirit to be able to uh, to, to sort of hold these things in the text and, and, you know, relay them to others. But I think also too, and, and I think this, this fits for all of us, especially I think those of us who are parents is like understanding, like at, at some level, our, our role in, in, in helping uh, our children and in, in their spiritual formation is just immersing them in the world of this text. And it's a little bit of the T.S. Eliot, like you described, where it's like you sort of come to the place that you started and know it for the first time. And, mm -hmm. and, and that circular understanding, like if we can do this in a way that's compelling, if we can do it in a way that, that, that really vividly paints the joy of God and the beauty of God, that, that evokes a whole world for us. Um, I, I, listening to you talk about your experience, my, mine was a little bit similar. I became a Christian a little bit later on, but for me, and I, I think this is somewhat common, is my initial response was like, I'm getting everything evil out of my life. So anything that I conceived of evil, like I was that kid, like high school, I loved hip hop, like Nas and Jay-Z and Fabulous, like all of the, like I just loved rap. And the first thing I did, was like, all those CDs got to go. Like I was that kid, like around the bonfire, just been like, you know, oh, this is all bad. And, you know, I, I have some different thoughts now, but at that point in my life, I was just so like, I was so rigid. And so reading the Bible for me was, was initially about how do I behave? Uh, I had this sense of God's grace. And I think there was something really beautiful in that, but the way I responded, I think even to some of the people close to me in my life was a little bit like, yo, you're kind of like, 
this is really cut and dry for you now. And, you know, you've changed drastically uh, over the, the course of a, a very short amount of time. So the Bible for me was kind of a, it was kind of a weapon in a way, both like in my own life, but also like sort of trying to prove out uh, these things. And so that was my very initial experience. And then um, fast forward a couple of months, like, so then my whole thing was like, all right, Jesus told us to like go and tell people about him. So that's what we're going to do. And so a couple of friends and I, we, we started this Bible study in our high school and we had no idea what we were doing at all. And I, I, I want to offer this illustration. If anybody's familiar with Jesse Duplantis, uh, and if you went to ORU, you might be somewhat familiar with him, but Jesse Duplantis is kind of a health and wealth, um, you know, like he'll literally tell his churches, like, I think Jesus wants me to have a jet, uh, which, Hey, by all means, if that's your thing, but he had this, this video series where he went to heaven. And so in our minds of the people running the Bible study, we're like, what could be better proof than a guy who went to heaven? So we're just going to show these videos. And so we have all these high school students gathered in a room and we're just like, watch this. And we're like, right guys. And so through that was what there was a lot of zeal and a lot of vigor, but there was not a lot of knowledge or wisdom and just trying to do everything I could. And I, I think God can do a lot with that, but I'm grateful. Then I, I ended up like Ashley, I, we, I went to ORU um, and started studying the Bible. My initial plan was to go to law school. And so uh, you can, you can take a lot of courses uh, in undergrad that still put you on that path. So that was my goal. It's like, I want to, I want to know what's going on here. And, you know, from my first hermeneutics class with Dr. Vance to uh, a professor who just became very near to me, uh, Edward Watson teaching new Testament. Um, I, I was just like, this is amazing. And, and what they did for me was offer me a sense of the whole. And, and that for me changed everything. And I was like, this, this is the story that everybody should know. And that, that has really guided my life in ministry is just like, how do we give people a sense for the whole in a way that they can live it out in their daily lives? And so went to ORU, had that experience. It was really, really beautiful um, just to, to kind of have that time. And then that just really ignited a hunger in me um, to, to, to continue to have a framework for the Bible, but also to help people see how beautiful not only the Bible is, but because the Bible was revealing God, uh, how beautiful God is revealed in Christ Jesus. And so that's been a journey for me throughout my time in New Jersey. And, and really, New Jersey has just further entrenched me in this sense that like, if people could see Jesus, they would love him. And I, I, I'll close with this. I recently had an experience. I was getting my hair cut and I'm sitting in a chair and we're just talking about the church and, you know, she was asking me about how it's going, that kind of stuff. And, you know, she'd grown up in the Catholic church and we're talking about Jesus. And I, and I said, yeah, Jesus, like, I, I think people misunderstand how joyful he really was and, and how that's like evident in the pages of the Bible. She's like, really? It's like, yeah, like the first thing he does in John's gospel is turn water into wine. He's invited to the party. And then he is the one who keeps the party going. And there's this expression, exuberance of joy. And she said, oh, I've never heard that story. And it was just one of those moments for me. It's like, if people could just hear the stories, they do their own work in so many ways. Now we have to live them out. We can't just talk a big game, but, but so much of that is driving my own experience with the Bible in ministry, but also my experience as a, as a disciple and apprentice to Jesus. And and so now it's been, okay, how do I help people see this? A, that's my vocation and calling, but also like, how does my life continue to expand with the Bible? How do I, as somebody who has at least a sense, not, I, you know, don't know everything, but has sense for the context, a sense for, for kind of the overarching themes in an individual book like Luke or like Ezekiel, but still find the wonder of God's voice. And that's so much of what we're going to touch on in just a moment is how do you kind of keep coming back to that place? Um, and so it's interesting to see like just the, the, the parallels. Actually, one of the questions I had for you, so you, you're, you're kind of immersed in this Bible uh, as a part of your cultural life, a part of your life with your family. Do you remember when the shift happened for you where it was like, I'm interested in this for me, and I'm going to, I'm going to volitionally sort of explore this as opposed to just being like, 
I'm being a good part of my family and showing up to this thing. Do you remember when that shift happened for you? Yeah, actually, I think that it, for me, it happened at ORU because mm-hmm. even before I went to ORU, it was kind of just like, well, I mean, like, what else am I going to do? You know? Um, and I, I mean, I hadn't mentioned this, but when I first started at ORU, I was not a biblical literature major. Like, I didn't even know what that was, to be honest. I was like, what is that? Like biblical literature? Like, <laughs> why would I study that? Um, but actually, funny enough, um, at ORU, you're, I mean, as you know, you're required to take like um, New Testament and Old Testament <laughs> courses. And so I, when I took, I took the New Testament course uh, first, I think. I, I'm not sure how it went, but I, I know that that was what I took first. And it was my first like Bible course. And I took it with Watson. Um, and I remember I was just like, this is just so amazing. I was like, I, I can't just like, I can't believe that like, this is what the Bible is saying. Like, I was just so amazed by it. Um, and like, I mean, for me, that's like where it started where I was like, I realized I like the Bible is it's my own. And it's, I mean, anyone who reads it, it's like, it's yours. And, um, and a lot of times like people misinterpret the Bible a lot, but like you have, like, we have this gift that like, just like someone's interpretation of the Bible doesn't make it true. Um, and, and I can study it for myself and take out the, the real meaning of it. Um, and I think like, yeah. And those during that season is when I, I really made it my own. And then since then, since now, I'm still still making it my own. That's, that's really beautiful. And I think too, like you think about, like you're kind of mentioning that there's like a multivalence to the Bible where it's like, you know, there, there's a thing that happened and, you know, the authors in their different ways, especially the gospels are such a good example of this, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And oftentimes they'll describe an event involving Jesus's life in a different way. And there's this whole Western paradigm where we apply to it. We're like, okay, so who, what, when, what, you know, like what happened in what order did it happen? And, and the gospel writers as, as in many writers in the new Testament and old Testament are not so concerned about that. And so what the Bible is constantly doing is dislocating us, especially as Westerners uh, from our situation and then inviting us into the questions that they are asking and the beautiful thing about this is, and this is where postmodernism has been such a gift, just kind of as a broad term in the way that we've begun to see like, oh, there's, there's different lenses that are being applied to the scripture and bringing life forth and still holding on to, to, the, to the fabric of truth that's there, but also expanding that. And I think that that's been so beautiful to watch as different cultures. And, and we've just, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, hopefully in our world have become a little bit better at listening to, to people on the margins, but the Bible was written for and by marginalized people. And so as, as it sort of does this work in us, it's dislocating us uh, as, especially as Western Americans. And then obviously there's stratifications there of where we're coming from. But I think that that's been such a gift to me is to see like, that doesn't mean it's, Oh, it's uh, this, uh, whatever is one person says goes, but it means that the, the, the way the Bible's truth expands and because it is so big and wide, because God's love is so big and wide, it encompasses all these realities and uh, mm-hmm. watching that unfold has been a real gift. Okay. So we, we've sort of, we've established that we, um, we are people who are trying to love the Bible, trying to live with it well, I think, uh, as best we can. So Ashley, for you, as you sort of think about like, all right, how do we take this like philosophical, this value, this love for this, the, you know, this collection of works, these, all these different genres, all these different authors, uh, how do we take that and begin to live it out? As you've thought about that, what have, what have you kind of come upon at this point in your life? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a question I'm still learning. Um, but I think the, the beauty of scripture is, is the ways that we can actively embody like what it says. Um, and like, I think I can, for example, for days or weeks, read the same passage and then suddenly find like meaning from it, like years later. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in the moment, like, I'm like, oh, that's nice, you know, <laughs> but then you read it like five years later and it just like speaks directly to you. Um, and, and usually I found that that's if like, I'm, I'm hearing someone pray about it or, or preach about it. Um, and then it's like mm-hmm. in that moment, the Bible comes to life. It, it has meaning. Um, it's like you experience the truth and validity of the Bible. Um, like, you know, it promises peace, but you don't really feel peace. And then you experience some kind of moment in life. And then you're like, yeah, th- there's peace and it's possible. Um, but I think only you only experience that after the intentional, like discipline of letting it become so internalized within you. Um, so that like, when those moments come, it's like, it's at your grasp, you know, you already have it there. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the Bible is, it's definitely, it's more than just beautiful poetry and narratives, you know, and it's, it's certainly that too. Um, but I think a lot of it is, is the ways that we can read it and share it and discuss it with people, wrestle with the texts um, within ourselves and also in community with people. Um, mm-hmm. We can see like how the Bible, uh, the word made flesh, Jesus lives in the world and also in our, through our own actions. Um, and I think like, like I was saying before, there are some texts that like you could read over and over again. So for example, like the beautiful Psalm that we all love, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. Um, you can read that like a hundred times and you like, just don't feel it. (laughs) Like you don't feel it on the inside. You don't feel fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and it doesn't matter how many times you read it. It's just, it's not transforming you the way that you would think it, it would. Um, but then you, when you root yourself in community with people, then you might begin to discover how you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, another example of this that I can, I can share is for example, the, the story of Joseph in Genesis, you can read, I mean, you can read all of Genesis. It's the first book in the Bible. So maybe you've read it more than the others because you started it and then didn't finish. Um, so you could read that a million times, uh, and maybe you'd find something different. Maybe you'd find like a little nugget of truth, but like, honestly, it might not even make a difference in your life. You just be like, oh, that's nice. You know, like Joseph and his brothers, his dreams, like, okay. Um, but it's not until like, you've read the story so many times, you know it, and you, you see, you've also read the whole narrative of Genesis. So you've seen the mistake after mistake, the tragedies, the loss of hope and God's promises. Um, you pay attention to the details and then you can find that in your own life, you can experience Joseph's story. And when he says, I love the the part where he says, what you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. And then you become like, you can embody these stories and you become a witness of them because you experience that in your own life. Mm -hmm. And you, you walk through the seasons when maybe you were knocked down by certain events like illness or, or loss, um, um, or whoever or whatever has happened and you continue to follow that path. And then over time, you will experience that very truth in your own life that God intends good things for you. So then it's like, at that point, how can you not, how can you not embody what the Bible is saying? How can you not um, seek or try at least to, to follow what, what Jesus says and to forgive and extend mercy and love others. Um, And obviously it's, it's more complex than that. Like we live in a world right now where it's like the political and social climate is, is so complicated. How do we even talk about it? Like what do we even do about it? Um, mm-hmm. but, there, but there's things that we can find in the Bible that give us a direction and something that we can do right now, even. Um, so. Yeah. And I, I, what you're saying too is so important because I, I think sometimes we have this educational model when it comes to the Bible and it's the kind of the old Cartesian, like, okay, you tell me all the information. And then once I get it all, I will spit it back out. And, you know, 
give me the test, that kind of thing. And a lot of Christians get stuck in this place because the Bible doesn't quite function that way, where we think, okay, like, I, I still don't feel like I, I know enough when what the work the Bible overall is trying to do in us is trying to uh, foster obedience in us and trust. And so what we find is that we learn by doing, we learn by, you know, you think about our world right now and just how much content is out there. And there's great stuff out there. You know, you, you could like listen to every Bible project podcast. Like that is brilliant stuff. That's like, graduate level uh, stuff that you can just access on your phone. But with all the proliferation of this great Christian content in the world, how much more do we look like Jesus? And why is that? We have more sermons. We have great worship music. Like all of it in, in our Western paradigm is available immediately. And yet still there seems to be this chasm between Jesus's vision for his church and what the American church often looks like. And that's a broad term. It obviously has so many expressions and exceptions in that regard. But, but the, the thing that we're hoping to begin to foster in, in our community tonight is just an understanding of you're never going to feel like you have it all together. And that's a little bit of the text that we're going to end with tonight. Never going to feel this sense of like, okay, I've got it now. Now I can go out and do the thing God asked me to do. It's always a walk by faith. It's always this sense of figuring it out as you go. And what a beautiful thing to need God, to need God's mercy when you don't quite get it right, to need his correction, his enlightenment. Uh, all of these things are the, the kind of life that God is trying to create in us. And so this sense that, we learn by doing is such an important piece to this. And that's so much of this, this last paradigm that we're going to explore. And so Ashley and I, what we wanted to do is just offer a simple framework. So, okay, we can, we can wax eloquently and poetically about the Bible. We can talk about it again in sort of these abstract terms. But what does it mean to actually begin to live with it? Because I think many of us have had this experience. Like, okay, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, at some level, it's kind of the basics, right? You read your Bible and pray. But the problem is, as with prayer, and we'll talk about that at another point, but with the Bible itself, it's not abundantly clear how to read the Bible in a way that's productive, in a way that brings forth Jesus's life and his spiritual uh, fruit in our lives. And so what we wanted to do was offer just a very simple paradigm. And we hope that this is, okay, this is not the only way to study the Bible, but we hope if you're having trouble kind of getting started, this will be a foothold somewhere for you to begin again, a chord progression for you to start uh, being able to explore. And so um, because we're in a Christian setting, you have to use acronyms. And so uh, I'm going to pull up a little acronym that we have here tonight. And the acronym is WAIT. And really, as I'll break this down in just a second, this is just a different way of of sort of pursuing a practice called Lectio Divina, uh, which has been practiced in the church uh, for centuries now, which is just a, a paying attention, very specific and close attention to the text itself. And so um, we're going to walk through this paradigm real briefly, and then we're just going to show you an example of what we've done with a, a specific text, how we kind of applied this paradigm to a text. And we're hoping that this is just something simple that you can do. And, you know, again, this is, we're talking about a time frame about 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm never one that's pushing like, oh, you can do this efficiently. But I know for many of us, like, that's a real consideration. Like, how do you do something that, that cultivates a life with the Bible in still live a, a life that you have demands of people in your house or you have a job or studies. So how do you begin to incorporate this into your life? And so our acronym is WAIT. Uh, again, Christian setting dictates that we have to have an acronym. And so what does it mean for us to wait? Well, we've spelled those out. So the first thing is defining a text. And, and one of the things that's so important in this regard is not making it like a whole book of the Bible. Um, because again, as we're going to see, like in order to explore a piece of this, 
you, you want to be able to read through it a couple of times. We have this habit when we're reading a text, especially now, if you've seen any of the psychological studies about how we read on a screen and how that has sort of formed our reading in every other setting, we basically read like two sentences of a paragraph and they're like, okay, I got the gist of that. Now I'm going to skip down to the next one. That is our, our habit that's been formed from reading and scrolling online. And so the first thing we're trying to do is just slow down the cadence that we operate at and just allow ourselves to sit in the word. And the beautiful thing, and Ashley mentioned this, is so much of the Bible is poetry. And poetry is designed to kind of hit us with a different cadence anyway. If we were to start reading poetry right now, um, if we're start reading from William Stafford or Emily Dickinson, like you would understand that I'm speaking in a different cadence. And so much of scripture is trying to do this, trying to, because it was designed to be heard. And so the first thing that we want to do is just establish a small section of scripture. Tonight, the text that we're going to use from Luke 24 has 13, 14 verses. So uh, that's the first element of this. Define a small section of scripture. I've seen people do this in all sorts of different ways. One of the most effective ways I've seen people do this is literally just copy and paste this into a Word document and just have that specific text printed out on a piece of paper. That's If you have a printer, if that's available to you, great. I know not everybody has that. I know there's uh, some concerns about the environment. Understand that as well. So uh, if that's available to you, great. And you're going to recycle it. Awesome. All right. So the first thing, you define your text. The second thing is you're going to, after you read through it, um, Three times slowly is just kind of a baseline. You can do it more than that or less. You just want to ask as you're reading it, like, Lord, speak to me. And again, if the Bible is designed to, to be a, a cultivating force in our lives for the relationship that God wants in us, and if it's living and active, as it says in Hebrews, if his word does not return void, as it says in Isaiah, then perhaps when we read the Bible, God is wanting to not only just fill us with some information, but to actually meet with us. And so this paying attention element is an expression of that trust. It's saying, God, I may feel the fireworks today. I may feel the heavens part in you speaking to me. I may not, but one way or another, I'm going to seek out your voice. You know, Psalm 63, you alone do I desire. I, I long for you. I seek for you. So what you're trying to do now is just pay attention. And this is, a, this is such a delicate art um, of, of allowing the spirit of God just to tug at your heart and just kind of cultivating a, a, a sort of reflex for that. And sometimes I'm like, wow, like I, when I do this exercise, I walk away. And I'm like, wow, I, I definitely heard from the Lord this morning. And other times I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know if I just like that phrase. And so that's the one I gravitated towards. But, it, but it's all about building up a sense of, of attunement and awareness. I mean, Ashley, on this, on this uh, step, what was your experience as we, as we kind of did this exercise? Was it, were you, did you feel like you were trying to like, I have to find something? Or how was that uh, experience for you? Well, I read it three times and I think each time something different stood out to me. Mm. Um, so <laughs> like, like, this isn't very clear. So, so, but like, I think that's kind of the point. Like, I mean, everyone's different, but you know, sometimes you'll read it and you're like, oh, that stood out to me. And then, then something else could stand out to someone else or just like, or like those maybe three different things that stood out to me in the end, like all of it kind of came together to like show me one specific theme. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say the beginning kind of stood out to me more than anything else when I first read it. The, the part on their minds, they were troubled and, and Jesus knew that it was in their minds. And mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting because, um, I mean, how would Jesus know what they're thinking? But of course, <laughs> of course Jesus does. So <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really good. Um, all right. So the next piece of that, is, is immerse and imagine. And this is all kind of taken from Ignatian practices. And Ignatius was a, was a knight, like a man of action. And he had a terrible accident and was just laid up with the Bible. And so one of the practices that he developed in his debilitated state was he was just imagining himself in the, the narratives of the scriptures. And so this is a piece of that. It works, the, the imagined piece works really well 
um, when you are reading a narrative. Um, it's really kind of easy to, to put yourself in one of the roles of one of the characters, maybe one of the characters that's being named or maybe an onlooker. Uh, and so that's a really powerful thing, but you're just trying to say like, okay, I started with this section of scripture and then I, I, I sort of paid attention and I think like, I'm just focused on this, but, but I don't know why right now. And so I'm trying to, trying to mine this out, trying to understand like, what might God be saying? Uh, what is this making me feel? Is it bringing me comfort? Is it, is it bringing me a sense of conviction? Am I feeling like, this is not aligning with the way my life is being lived right now. What is this maybe suggesting something to a situation that I'm living out right now? Again, all of this is about saying, okay, God, your word is, is, is incredibly beautiful and it meets people where they are. Meet me where I am. And um, so this is, this is kind of, for me, is the heart of this paradigm and the heart of this exercise is then saying like, okay, I have this sense now I really want to, to allow it to do its work in me. And again, there's such an acknowledgement of grace here and of trust that I think is, is such a reflection of our God. And so that's why, you know, for me, as I look at this, I'm like, this is something that we all can begin with. Um, Ashley, how was this, this particular uh, step for you? Yeah, I think I always find this part kind of challenging because if you're kind of like stuck in your head, it's really hard to immerse yourself and imagine something different from what you're constantly like rehearsing in your head. So like I can see when you say that it requires trust because it does, like you have to kind of release, you know, like the distractions that are, you know, in your head and allow yourself to put yourself in a state of like, imagining and thinking of the passage or the narrative and I mean depending also how you you think or how you um your different style of like creativity I know for some people it's kind of hard to imagine like you know certain things um yeah. so like I, I'm definitely one of those people like it's hard for me to like oh let me imagine my if I'm reading like Psalm 23 let me imagine myself by the still waters and the grass, you know, <laughs> that's, that's hard for me to do. Um, but it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's a practice. You have to, you have to practice it. I'm so glad you said the word distraction too. Cause I think this is where so many of us get discouraged. And you think about like our baseline, like our default operating system right now is distraction, right? Like Ashley and I are having a conversation. I'm getting notifications in the top right of my screen about email lists that I'm on for whatever reason. But it's like everything in our life is conspiring to distract us in this world. And so we can get really easily discouraged when we're like, ah, oh, just like, like I tried to like kind of imagine or like tried to really focus my attention. And I just feel like I just keep wandering off. And uh, I heard a, a pastor friend of mine uh, use this image. And I think it's so powerful. And it's kind of along the lines of this imagining. But he said, you know, whenever you feel distracted, allow yourself to come back into the loving arms of the father, like see it almost like the, the, the prodigal as the father is running to you, that he is drawing you back. And, and again, all of this, like we, we have these like pragmatic and utilitarian ends that we always apply to this stuff. Well, what did I get out of it? The purpose of this, I, as I hope you're beginning to see is to be with Jesus. Yeah. That is the purpose. And so how do we allow ourselves by, offering our attention, you know, Deuteronomy six, the whole sense of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, offering all that we have in that moment to Jesus. And also understanding that he offers grace when we are not completely aligned with what's going on and when we get distracted. And so I'm so glad you said that. All right. The last piece of this, and this is where I, I just get, again, so excited about the potential for people's lives. I don't want to sound like an infomercial host, but <laughs> You don't just leave the thing there, like, like this sense of like walking away. I, I, I always picture Jacob walking away with a limp after wrestling with God. Like we walk away different, not because this monumental thing has happened, but because like we, we've been confronted with this truth that may be too big for just a moment. We're like, what, what do I do with that? And so it's this expression of wonder. And it also what it does is it opens up the rest of your life to the divine, 
What you find is that you're standing on holy ground all the time because the spirit of God has filled the earth. You know, as Isaiah says, like the knowledge of God, like waters covered the sea that Paul says in Jesus, we live and move and have our being that everything we do is an expression of his holiness and goodness. And so we take it with us and just kind of say like, God, what are you doing through that? And what that does is it brings us back to relationship with God constantly. And so this, I find for me is where a lot of the illumination comes in. Cause a lot of times I feel, I, I don't, I think I'm kind of opaque and a little bit dense sometimes with God. And he's like, yeah, you'll get this slowly. It's a little bit of the Emily, Emily Dickinson, like uh, tell the truth, but tell it slant, like tell it in such a way that people kind of come into it at their own pace. And so for me, I find that that is true in my life. As I walk things out, as I begin to kind of wrestle with them, that's where God is meeting with me and, and, and showing more of his goodness to me. Ashley, what was some of your experience with, with this kind of walking around with it? Yeah, actually it's funny. Cause I would say the exact same thing. Like when, when I did this exercise and I read the passage and then, you know, thought of the, the theme that stuck out to me and I was praying about it. I, I really kind of felt the same thing. I was like, you know, I, I feel like I need God to just tell me the obvious. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like, like as if Jesus is standing in the room, you know, with his hands and his feet, like in the passage, like it needs to be literally that obvious because I, I don't seem to get it, you know? And, and, and I think that's why this has to be a daily, daily bread, daily practice kind of a thing, because we so often like miss the point, like all the time, like every day, multiple times a day and need to be reminded, like you say, like to put yourself back in that space of like, wait a minute, you know, like, okay, you know, this is what matters. And it certainly goes against our, our natural inclinations, I feel. Yeah. And, and so Ashley and I, we both did this for a text in Luke 24, which is kind of a narrative um, accounting of Jesus's resurrection and his disciples experience of that. So really rich, like a lot of different angles to kind of, again, immerse yourself in and imagine. So we had Luke 26 or 24, 36 to 49. Um, I'm not going to read through this right now, but just kind of here's where we came from. And then I just wanted to give you a simple um, just example of my own this was my kind of time with the lord as i you know spent 20 minutes kind of in this text reading through it and the thing that grabbed my attention as you know we, we have the word defined there luke 24 36 to 39 the thing that really stuck out to me was then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures and again as i as i sort of imagine jesus like like leading this like this has to be the greatest bible study ever jesus just like i um I wrote these things and they're about me and here's what they're about. Like, that's pretty powerful. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. As a preacher, that's, that seems a little bit unfair, but he's preparing them for what's ahead. He says, wait till you wait till you are clothed with power in verse 49 as Jesus's witnesses and, and for them to be sent out. And Luke's narrative is so much continued in the book of Acts. They were written uh, historically both by Luke. And so we have this understanding that Acts is really like part two to Luke. And we see this, play out in acts but but as i like sort of saw these themes you know i sort of asked myself the question this is one i'm still wrestling with is where where am i trying to go without waiting where am i trying to go clothed in my own power my own ability and not waiting on the gift of the spirit not waiting on perhaps what jesus has to go for me and then the thing i love here too is that it just sort of calls to mind jesus is the interpretive lens and the interpreter of the scriptures when we come across dizzying texts that are so difficult to comprehend, or they just, they seem like they paint a really terrible picture of God. Like if you're reading Joshua, sometimes you're like, whoa, uh, like there's just some stuff in there. Deuteronomy, the same Deuteronomy 20, like some of that stuff is so like just hard to interact with. So how do we, how do we express the second Timothy three sixteen that all scripture is, is useful for, uh, for teaching the truth, for correction, for reproof. How do we live into that when we have these kind of tensions and just kind of was, was a moment of kind of gospel to me of like, it's all, it's all pointing to Jesus. He is the interpretive lens out of which all of this moves out from. Um, so that was a little bit of my own. And then the, the sort of takeaway was like, Lord, just help me to wait for you. 
and, and what that looks like right now for me is just, again, calling my attention back to God uh, and, and walking around with that. And there's so much, again, in the taking and the walking that is so much a part of the life that God has for us. And so this is just a, a, a quick example of how this works out. And again, we're talking timing, just like 20 minutes of, of a little bit of quiet, a little bit of focused attention, a little bit of God, forgive me, I'm distracted again, bring me back. Like all of that is wrapped up in this. But to me, as I begin to explore, like, what does it mean for us to live a life with the Bible? This is such a great place to start. As we sort of talked about, like, okay, what is it? What is the Bible trying to do in us? And how do we begin to approach it? Ashley, did you have any, uh, any sort of like tying, tying loose ends thoughts or any summarizing thoughts that, that would be helpful? Um, yeah, I mean, regarding this passage, I, I kind of, a uh, similar thing stood out to me. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. I thought that was um, just really incredible in light of like, just this disconnect that you see in the beginning where it's like Jesus appears to them and says like, peace be with you. And it's like, Jesus is literally in their presence and they're afraid somehow. And it's like, okay, so how often am I like literally in the presence of Jesus and I'm afraid? It's like, that doesn't make sense. Jesus is like coming with peace. That's the idea. Right. And I'm like afraid. Um, but I think like in that being my interpretation of it, it encouraged me because I realized, you know, Jesus understands that he understands that we have doubts in our minds. Like the passage says, like we struggle with those things and yet he still meets us where we are and, and understands that and, and pulls us back in. So. It's so good. That's so good. And again, like I, 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 I do feel like the, uh, the guy selling the thing on late night TV, I'm like, see, this is totally great, but it is so great in the sense of like, we both sort of sat with the passage and, and the spirit of God met us in the way that we're, we're kind of wrestling with God right now, you know, with sort of the broader themes in our life right now. And I just think that's so beautiful. And it's one of the things that throughout the pandemic, that's been so powerful in our church has been even some of the small groups right now that, that are in our community, like the focal point of their gathering is just reading large sections of scripture together. And I think about each Sunday morning, uh, the most powerful uh, piece to me consistently has been just the, the scripture reading, the call to worship, the, mm -hmm. the, the teaching text for the day, just hearing the words read. Uh, I feel like God's been doing a lot uh, of work in me in those, those short moments. And um, to, tonight, we just wanted to offer, and we're going to wrap up here, uh, just offer a simple way to approach the scriptures. And again, as we talk about the life with Jesus is a way, it is a way of following, a, a way of, of walking with Jesus, of apprenticing ourselves to him. And, and we have to think of ourselves in those terms of, as apprentices, and apprentices learn skills and practices that help them uh, to become like the master. And so tonight, we just wanted to simply offer, uh, hopefully, a foothold for you and, and a chord progression, if you will, to begin to help you to, to play the music that God has for your life, to allow him to, to, to do the things that he wants to do in you and through you. And Ashley, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for your wisdom, for your expertise, for your experience. Uh, I just thought uh, you had so many... Uh, just beautiful and insightful things to say. And I, I really appreciate you uh, preparing the, the kind of ahead of time, just these thoughts and like really cultivating these thoughts with our community in mind. Uh, you really serve our community so well and we're so grateful for you. And just thanks for, thanks for your calling and thanks for sharing so much of your love for the scriptures. And also I, I loved how you said the spiritual gift that you have. I, I just love to hear you acknowledge that. I just want to affirm that. That is absolutely from the Lord, like just a sense of like God is calling you uh, to steward these these words that he has uh, you know, shown to all the world, uh, to, to uh, his church. And so thank you uh, so very much. And, thank you. Uh, thank you for setting this up. I, it's honestly like such a wonderful thing to be able to talk about studying the Bible, reading it and and sharing it. That's it's so good. Right. And, and for our church, this is just, uh, this is kind of a little bit of a, of a new rhythm that we're trying to incorporate is like, how do we, 
how do we make room for some of the things that we may not have time to, to go into on a, a Sunday morning right now? It's the Sunday morning, you know, the whole broadcast thing, which is its own, its own thing, but how do we make some space to kind of explore these different angles? And so I hope that you'll kind of stay tuned for, for more of these. The next month, we're going to um, explore the Enneagram and spiritual formation. And so I hope that you'll uh, make some notes of that and make some uh, time to, to prepare for that. But just so grateful to be along with you in whatever format you're, you're joining us. Thank you for, for being along with us. And if you have any questions, I just want to make myself available. Uh, my email is ian at ecclesiaandja.com. Uh, if you're wrestling with something or something's not adding up or you're just like, I, I don't know, I feel hopeless or I feel like I've, I've messed this up, like reach out. I'd love to be able to help in whatever way I can. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for spending part of your time with us. And we hope that you'll put this into practice. Again, uh, all of this is about how do we how do we allow ourselves to 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 do the things that God has asked us to do? So thank you so very much. Look forward to seeing you on a digital gathering and we hope to see you very soon. Grace and peace to you. Okay, let's see.